Hey everyone, I'm Rebecca Lloyd, the founder of This Independent Life, and this is the This Independent Life podcast. I'll be shining a light on people working to support personal independence for all, across industries and in their own unique way. Through inspiring conversations, storytelling, and real talk, you'll learn how to trust the process, how to uncover and pursue your true purpose, and how to embrace your independence and thrive in this independent life. Let's jump in. Welcome, Mary, to the This Independent Life podcast. Yay, really excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Becca. Thank you for being here. So we're going to start at the beginning. What did you want to be when you grew up? And did your career and life path follow what you expected from what you studied at school or university? Wow, wow, wow. So I actually wanted to be an actress. Um, really? Which is probably not what you're expecting me to say. Yeah, I think I was just always into like movies and TV shows and watching way too much Disney Channel. And I just was like the actress in my family, always acting out things and probably acting out myself. So yeah, I even went to like acting summer schools and stuff. But I think like boarding school just like killed my dreams. So oh my God. It was like way too academic and it was like, yeah, I just didn't really take the acting seriously after that. But... Nevertheless, I still do love financial services and I studied economics at University of Birmingham and actually I love it. I actually think a lot of what I do now in a weird way is kind of a level of acting, like sales is acting. It's all about like the persona, telling a story, understanding your clients, showcasing things to them, painting a picture of the art of the possible of using our technology. So I guess I feel still like an actress today. I've never heard anyone say, I feel like an actress who works in finance, but I love that you've added that spin. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, it's weird, but no, I honestly still love it. So what was it that made you switch from acting to finance? Was it literally just because you feel like your school wasn't invested in you doing something like acting? Yeah, I think it was school. I think it was parents, to be honest, as well. And probably an element of just being in a really academic school and just feeling like that was never a real job, to be honest. And so I was always fascinated about money and currencies and like seeing my parents like read the newspaper and financial times and just being inquisitive about, that sounds really sad, but the stories (laughs) and just like wanting to understand what this like newspaper, this orange newspaper was about and what was happening and just seeing all the language. I've just always been really intrigued. And yeah, so I studied economics and I just thought, I just can't wait to like understand like how, how the world is similar or dissimilar to Monopoly. Like I was just so intrigued by like, how does money move around the world and how do decisions get made? And like, why are some people wealthy versus some people are struggling? Like I was just fascinated by that. I love that for so many reasons that's amazing you now work in financial services Mm -hmm. what in addition to financial services I know you also have now you're talking networks so what inspired you to do what you do now in all senses and how does what you're doing support independence for women Wow, amazing. So as you said, my day job is in financial services. I used to work in management consulting, which was really fun. And post-studying economics, which is like a really theoretical degree, going in consulting where you're like client-facing from day one, meeting loads of clients, 
particularly working with bigger companies that are going through some kind of transformation. It was super, super fun um, and really insightful. And then I moved into a fintech sales role last year at the fintech that I'm at now. And yeah, I really enjoy speaking to clients, speaking to founders, and particularly being in the wealth management space. The conversation I'm having on a daily basis is about how can we democratize the future of wealth management, which essentially means providing people with more access and insight into how to get make more for their money especially in this times that we're in of high inflation and increasing interest rates as well and yeah powering the future of next generation uk-based investing apps so yeah love that from my day job perspective but as you said outside of work i'm doing always a range of things at the intersection of kind of careers women financial services fintech one of those things being the now talking network which is a community that i started pretty much ever since i've been working focusing on helping women earn more and be more confident recognizing the gap around having a safe space for women to talk about careers and personal development outside of their day job because a lot of the time when you're having those conversations ideally it would be with your friends or sometimes with your colleagues but having a place where you can talk about those things with people outside of your friendship group or your colleagues is actually really amazing because they can say I know about this job opportunity over here or they can share a different perspective that you might not know about as well. What was it that inspired you to create the network? Was it from a particular experience or did you just feel like coming out of uni and going into the finance world there was a need for it? Like what was it that actually sparked you to do that? Great question. It was really just from the need, as you say. When I was at University of Birmingham, at the end of my first year, I founded the Women in Finance Society, which was all about like recognizing that when I was applying for like spring weeks and internships, so many women weren't applying and all the economics was 70% male and all the guys on my course were like, yeah, I've applied to five internships and the girls were like, "Mm, maybe I'll apply soon or I don't think I'm good enough or the hours might be too long. And I just saw that disparity and it really annoyed me. was like I do not want to be the only woman on my internship for my uni like come on girls like we have to do this (laughs) Um, so I was like why don't I start this society and just create a space for women to have these discussions and luckily like the guild at the uni accepted it and for the rest of my time at uni like we grew to have like over 200 members got sponsorship from loads of banks that were based in Birmingham and actually held like a annual conference called working world ready which was about getting university students working world ready which sounds really cringe but it was actually super fun i love that Um, yeah it was so good i like (laughs) and it's actually still going at the university today which is amazing and so when i left uni i was kind of like i had this gaping hole around like community and meeting women and navigating our personal and career development together so i started consulting and i was like oh everything's gonna be fine and then i just saw like the reality of all the things that i knew some of my peers were afraid of of working in a male-dominated environment of navigating being a millennial in the workplace and all the challenges that comes with and definitely wanting to talk about those things with colleagues but also just other people my age and so it literally started off as like a whatsapp group of like 30 of my friends from uni that i knew also worked in the city in financial services or professional services and people started to tell their friends who told their friends and like it just grew and then we hit the whatsapp group limit capacity which was like 250 or something pretty soon and i was like oh damn so where did we go from here (laughs) and then everyone was like oh so when is the next meetup and i was like hey we don't do meetups like this is just a chat and then there was just so many people asking me and then eventually we held our first event and it's just been like that ever since like that was probably like 2016 17 now and like yeah just been going strong since that's amazing 
As someone who works in, I would say probably work and money, like both of those areas from what you've just been talking about, what is your perspective on the current situation for women specifically in that sector? And from your experience, what do you think needs to change and how can we go about improving things? Wow, wow, wow. I feel like this is the million dollar question. Um, (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ah, I'm joking. I think that honestly for women, I think a lot of it comes down to like confidence. I hate that because it's like, it feels like such a lazy response. But in the sense that I feel like when women are confident, it manifests in other areas of their life. Like when you're confident, you're able to make better financial decisions. You're able to quit a job where you know you're not being treated right and move on and maybe get paid more and etc you're able to just live the life that you've always want to live and when we live in a world that teaches women to be small to look a certain way to critique themselves to buy certain products before they deemed whole perfect or even the idea that they can never be perfect is like something that we're constantly told as women I think it's really powerful for women to like take hold of their confidence and their sense of self-worth so yeah I think that is something that I think about and honestly I see it manifest in everything because when we think about investing a lot of women can't start their investment journey because they feel like they lack confidence or they lack knowledge in this space that they don't know everything and the stats show it as well that men who know as much or if not less (laughs) are not afraid to chuck 100 pounds into some fund or something so I always dream of a world where women aren't told that they're insufficient that they can be who they want to be and they can yeah earn more and be more confident and they tap into their full potential is what I'm excited about do you think that specifically when thinking about the finance world and confidence do you think that there's even more of an acute situation in finance because it's male dominated or because what you're saying I think is and I'm rambling a bit but confidence for women is sort of a thing across the board right Mm -hmm. in finance and in certain sectors I imagine there are other sectors that are kind of similar but especially ones in tech and in finance Do you think that that is like shifting? Do you think that that is getting better? Or do you think that there's still a real deep rooted kind of inequality, I guess, between men and women, that that is sort of making the issue of confidence prevail? Well, I think that it's a mixture of all the things that you mentioned. I think that there's a crazy stat from BNY Mellon in their latest inclusive investment report that 70% of all financial products are marketed towards men, which is crazy because like, it's not like women aren't usually the financial decision makers in a household. It's not like, I, I mean, as in to say they are like, it's just crazy that they're literally people because the industry is so male dominated, they are designing products for people who look like them. So therefore I think it's not surprising to know that there's a gender investment gap, a gender pension gap, because people are literally designing products and marketing them towards a certain demographic. And even if you look at your favorite investing app, I always cringe at the language that they use. Like it just feels so icky to me. And I hate that women can't jump on this bandwagon because of the way it's marketed or the way it feels. So I think it is definitely a barrier. I'm super excited that at least this feels like a conversation amongst my peers and generally on social media that is at the forefront of people's minds. At least now it's a topic of conversation. Like at uni, I did my dissertation on linking whether you have women on boards and how that links to a company's performance and productivity. I remember doing it and so many people asking me like, that's such a weird topic. Like, why would you even link those two things? Whereas now, like people would get it. Like people would get that you'd research that. But like maybe when I was at uni, everyone thought that was like a bit like novelty kind of idea. 
But it's just so true. Like, I think that I'm really keen to live in a world where financial services can be tailored to the people that want to use it and it speaks to a lang- in a language that they understand. And it's all about, yeah, democratizing it and uh, making it more inclusive because the thing about financial services, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't even know you need a certain product if you don't know that products exist. It's really crazy. The first step is always like information sharing, access comes next and then it's like enabling people to feel comfortable to do that activity as well i feel like what is now becoming my mantra of you don't know what you don't know because i feel like that is something that happens in finance but i've seen it so much in women's health and also in women's working careers because i feel like a lot of time and even now like i taught myself how to invest last year at the age of 30 i think the majority of my friends from school still don't know what stocks and shares ISR is don't know these kind of things that i now deem something that everyone should know about and arguably are things that we should probably be taught in school I don't know about you, but I got absolutely no financial education at school or university or in any part of my life. And when I was buying a house, I was literally Googling how to get a mortgage. Like it cannot be that that is the case. And I think now, to be honest, I don't think there's actually much more that's changed in terms of national curriculum around education for money beyond you should have a saving account. And it's insane and infuriating that that is still the case yeah i don't know it just feels like if that doesn't change at a very ground level how are you gonna because also then it it comes down to i think especially with money and wealth and all those even the term wealth Mm. yeah (laughs) it has this connotation of like kardashians yeah yeah or or like you've been to eaton or you've been to Oxbridge and you can't you can't have access to wealth quote unquote unless you've been born in a certain situation or you've gone to a certain school or you know it's still so determined it's still so focused around where you're born into i don't know yeah it's like things outside of your control almost it's like if you're born into that situation then you're gonna have a life ahead of you that is already set up you're already on this kind of benchmark that's higher up whereas if you're someone who isn't born into that situation and you don't have someone saying to you oh actually you need to learn about investing you need to learn about your future self or whatever it is yeah it just feels like the gap is never going to close yeah i think that's really true i think that it's really weird because i think in america they might get it a bit more because america's built on the idea of the american dream right like you can work super hard and then you can become this wealthy person but in the uk it's more like our education system is about getting into work and staying at the class that you're at and like just working hard that elevation of class is not something we speak about so i think that it's true like a lot of these terms are literally like i've spoken to people who were when you say the word wealth it literally sends shivers down their spine because they literally have an idea and a perception of who can talk about wealth when they're literally just thinking about months and months a month or at best can i afford a holiday this year it really is just that simple for people i also think that with careers the way that it's currently set up is very focused on work and jobs i don't Mm -hmm. think the language of a career is even part of the if you go to the job center i don't think that's part of it and they offer you like you know i know it's it's a very difficult subject and obviously resources etc etc but to be offered a course on how to use microsoft word when i've already been working in something for 10 years it just feels like it's still kind of stuck in this time warp where it's like you're just trying to get someone into a job and then you're taking them off the list as opposed to actually investing in that person and then knowing that they can ultimately in a very kind of cold mindset like give back to the economy yeah and that investment in people as people and not just like a stat on a spreadsheet or a person that you need to sign off for the day that whole model just feels so broken yeah and archaic and stuck it's crazy with that what does independence mean to you wow I think that independence is just always about choice. 
I'm sure you've had that answer before. Oh, really? You haven't? I, yeah, I think it's about choice. I think independence to me is like waking up and saying, you know what? I'm going to do a Beyonce and quit my job. Or I'm going <laughs> to um, go on holiday because I feel like it and I deserve a break. Or I'm going to even just go to the beach this weekend. Like for me, independence is about choice and freedom and that's something that I've always like sought for and still sought for now. And I think that's how I would define independence and what it means to me. Just having the choice to make decisions, not feeling like you need to claw certain things back or make certain sacrifices. You just have that ability and that freedom to pick something based on how you feel. Do you think that's something that plays out in other areas of your life beyond what you've been talking about today? Oh, interesting. I think so. I think I'm quite a spontaneous person. Well, I'm a structured spontaneous person. Like I will, I'm definitely kind of freakishly organized, but also I want to always have that element of my life that says like, if I want to move country or if I want to do something, I have that in my choice to do those things. And I think that especially when I see a lot of Gen Z TikTok videos, I feel like there's that underlying message in a lot of the content I see, which is like, at the end of the day, people just want choice. They want to be able to say, I don't feel like working today, so I'm not going to work. Or I feel like working for myself, so I'm going to work for myself. Or I want to be able to work from anywhere, so can I have that option? And that's what we're all seeking for. And I think this generation's kind of version of freedom is about choice and flexibility versus maybe previous generations would have put money over certain things and kind of this pursuit of purpose through choice and flexibility, I think is quite a common theme at the moment. I love that. I feel like you've very eloquently said what I also feel, because that's for me as well freedom of choice is what I think independence is and I think it's something that I've always had similar to but it wasn't something that really sort of like the penny didn't drop until I went through this really difficult period in my life and I love now that future generations are embracing it and yeah. being a lot more vocal and like I was chatting to someone the other day at an event and they were like we were talking about like our first jobs and I had never known that you could negotiate a salary until probably to be honest like last year yeah and he was like what I was like, yeah, like, I know that sounds weird. And he was like, what? He, like, didn't understand how yeah. I could possibly think that that wasn't an issue. And I was like, no, no, like, I'm not the only person that thinks this. But I literally thought if someone gave me a job, I should be so grateful and that I would never question any of the terms or anything. I would just be like, yes, sir, thank you, or whatever. Yeah. Which, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, my God, that makes me cringe so much. But on the other side, it's like, there's, there's a little bit of a power dynamic. And especially at the moment you were talking about before, you're coming out of university now and there's more people than jobs yeah one could argue that actually you kind of just need to take what you can get but then actually i don't like that there's this bit of kind of power disparity and yeah yeah. so i love the the way you say how freedom of choice but also just in everything whether it is about just going and being a digital nomad quote unquote or like being able to just take a day off because you feel like you need a day like whatever that is for you you can do that or you want to go on holiday with a girlfriend for a weekend and you don't have anyone telling you no yeah goals goals (laughs) amazing so what is the one thing that you would recommend to your younger self or to people looking to embrace their independence and follow their true purpose in life wow i think it would probably be you know what i think it's coming back to that point of like especially for women the root cause of a lot of issues being kind of lack of confidence or issues with your self-esteem and living in a world that is designed to make women feel imperfect so i think doing all of those activities that help you discover who you are that sounds so cringy but whether that's like spending time to pick up hobbies a side hustle so you can own something or 
painting, whatever it is, like all of those things that we know we love, but can often never be like things that we prioritize, I think is so important. So I would tell my younger self and like younger people to just not give up on those hobbies that you did alongside school or like journaling or just all of those self-discovery things. I would really say like harness those things because those are the things that will keep you rock solid and like your self-esteem and self-worth and confidence when everything else is shaky. Cost of living crisis, inflation, pandemic, whatever it is, like if you have your daily, monthly, weekly, yearly activities that you do that refill your tank and make you feel good, I would say hold on to those closely and make sure you know what those things are. What are those things for you? Wow. Okay, so on a daily basis, what do I love? Even if it's just like listening to music or podcasts, like in between meetings, a little dance, or like I love a spin class at the moment, like I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm missing spin classes so, so much. good. I'm desperate to start it's again. so good. I just am like, yes, let me go crazy on this bike. So those are my daily things. I love a bit of on a weekly basis. Just like having a weekly bath. That sounds so like lazy, but like, no. I'll just like put something on like, and just have a weekly bath and just like clear my thoughts and just chill. And I just love that time and like have all the bath bombs and stuff. And then maybe monthly, it's just that time that I used to dread, but now enjoy of putting together like an achievements list of like personal and work things that I've done that made me happy this month or that I've achieved or like planning a holiday or reviewing my finances or actually I love thinking of like gifts to give people just like those things and knowing like these are things that I do that just refill my tank and make me happy I love it so many good tips I'm gonna take (laughs) probably all of those tips (laughs) I love it so if people want to learn more about you or what you're doing where can they go to learn more I'm on LinkedIn Instagram Twitter probably most actively Mary Abisamwa at Millennial Mary A also do check out the Now You're Talking Network at NYT Network but yeah I'm always open for a chat with anyone who wants to talk personal finance careers financial services fintech yeah it's been such a great conversation yay thank you so so much for being a guest this has been so much fun and I love everything about you and what you're doing and you've been such an inspiration honestly to me since I started my business so thank you for everything that you're doing and thank you love it thank you for listening to this episode of this independent life for more inspiring conversations please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts where we have more for you to enjoy if you liked this episode and want to help spread the word please do rate, review, and share with your community. We love seeing you share the love, so feel free to tag us using at This Independent Life. For more information on other This Independent Life activities, or if you have any requests for who you'd like to see on the podcast in future, check out our website at thisindependentlife.co and subscribe to our newsletter. Message us on Instagram or get in touch at rebecca at thisindependentlife.co. DMs are always welcome. I hope this podcast has helped you feel inspired to embrace this independent life, whatever that may look like for you. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Lloyd and you've been listening to This Independent Life.